Hey fellow Okies and all true crime enthusiasts out there, I'm Cece, the host, writer, and producer of this, the Sooner State True Crime Podcast. Also, I want to give a warm welcome to all the Malice Podcast listeners. Joining us for this, a special dual bonus episode in conjunction with my buddy Ariel in the Malice Podcast. I'm excited for this episode. Ariel and I will be covering the murder of April Lacey, aka Brush Girl, in 1996. We decided to cover April's case for several reasons, but for us, because she was born, raised, and disappeared from Oklahoma City, where I'm from, and her body was discovered in North Texas, where Ariel is from. In addition, we also wanted to give this case some daylight in the hopes April will finally receive justice she deserves. I'll be covering April's background and some other details surrounding the crime in this episode. And then you'll need to switch over and listen to the Malice Podcast, where in part two, host Ariel will cover the remaining details of April's case, such as victimology, evidence, and a profile of the person who committed the crime. Once Ariel and I have covered the facts of this case in part one and two, I'll join her for a Malice Podcast Afterthought episode, in which we'll discuss our thoughts about the case, possible suspects, and all things surrounding April Lacey and her murder. Thanks y'all so much for listening to Sooner State True Crime, and I hope you enjoy this bonus dual episode with the Malice Podcast. There will be a link in the show notes directly to the Malice Podcast. So once you listen to this episode, y'all just have to click the link to listen to the second half. Be sure y'all subscribe to us and the Malice Podcast so you won't miss the Afterthought episode. And I'll be back on April 19th for our next regular episode, the 25th anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing. Thanks to those of you who have sent me your case suggestions. I love hearing from y'all and want to know what you want to hear. So please, if you have any case suggestions or comments on how to improve the podcast, please email me at SoonerStateCrimePod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, OKCrimeState, and help us out by leaving a five-star review in Apple Podcasts, or leave us a tip at paypal.me slash crimestate. Now, let's get into our case for this bonus dual episode with the Malice Podcast. The murder of April Dawn Lacey, also known as Brushed Girl. In October of 1996, April was only 14 years old, from a very troubled family, and living in an Oklahoma City motel with her mother. The morning of October 3rd, 1996, April's mom left the motel, only to return to find that April had vanished. Tragically, just five days later, and over 160 miles away from Oklahoma City, April's body was found on a brush pile in a Texas ranch. Her identity would be unknown for years by Texas police. The sheriff deputy working her case gave this Jane Doe the nickname Brush Girl. So, come away with me to the fall of 1996 in Oklahoma City and a North Texas ranch where a 14-year-old girl was murdered. April Dawn Lacey was born on June 2, 1982, 
in a suburb of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, to her parents, Jacqueline and Dale Lacey. April was later joined by a little brother. She grew up in Oklahoma City, but the situation was far from acceptable for children. Eventually, the state took custody of April's younger brother, leaving her with her alcohol and drug-addicted parents. The Lacey family lived in various hotel rooms, never really having a steady home. They reportedly would scavenge the trash for aluminum cans or other valuables to earn money in order to buy food and drugs. The family lived in many unclean places, and often the fridge would be empty as well. April's parents taught their young daughter the only life they themselves knew. Her mother taught her which local charities would give out food and which gave out clothing. April's parents allowed her to use substances such as cigarettes as a child. Eventually, police said April's mother forced her to shoplift and then forced her daughter into prostitution to earn money for her drugs. Jackie Lacey denies she ever forced her daughter into prostitution, but she does admit she was one herself. April's father taught her how to swing a bat when she played t-ball for the city's Optimist League. The family also nicknamed April Radio due to her nonstop chatter. She had also recently learned how to ride a bull before she disappeared. But unfortunately, April did not attend school because the counselor threatened to put her in a group home. April obviously had a tumultuous relationship with her parents. This caused her to stay at friends' houses very often. Kathy Marion and her daughter Ashley Qualls befriended April. Quote, April was a throwaway kid. With her parents, she never had a chance. But if you knew her, you had to love her, Qualls remembered. April just walked up to the Qualls' home after leaving the trailer she shared with her parents and brother nearby. Quote, she didn't look like somebody I'd want to know, Qualls said. Quote, she was ragged and dirty. She was 12 and I was four years older than she was, but somehow we just hit it off, Qualls recalled. Quote, pretty soon I was like her big sister and we just took her in. April was rarely missed at home, and the Qualls even had to teach her how to bathe correctly. She would spend most of her time at her new friends. Quote, then Jackie would come get her, Qualls said. Quote, she'd be out of money, and she'd take April out to collect cans or go dumpster diving for food. Later on, I found out Jackie was taking her out to steal, Qualls explained. This became even more evident one day when April returned to the Qualls' home, very upset. Her mother had taken her to Walmart and forced her to steal because she believed they wouldn't do much to a child. April was caught, of course, and Jackie pretended to be upset and even slapped her daughter to sell it. Qualls also said that Jackie would not allow April to come stay with her until she stole for her mother. Qualls was concerned, but also fascinated with April's lifestyle and admits joining April and her mother while they rummaged through the trash. Quote, I mean, who had a mother who'd take them out to steal, Qualls said. She also explained how she worried for April and her future. Ashley urged April to pursue her education and to even dream of attending college someday. 
but she noticed April had difficulty seeing any type of future. Quote, but her life wasn't good. She wanted a family, and I wanted her to be part of my world, so we put her there, Qual stated. Eventually, April was a true member of Ashley's family, gaining her own bed. Kathy Marion, Ashley's mom, even considered taking legal action to take April from the detrimental Lacey home. Quote, but it didn't work out, Marion said. Quote, sometime that January, 1996, Jackie came and got her, and they moved not long afterward. By the summer of 1996, April and her mother Jackie were renting a room at a southwest Oklahoma City motel, named the Dover's Inn. The pair had rented the room together after Jackie and Dale Lacey had an argument, and also because it cost $19 a week. Jackie Lacey was reportedly using the room as a base for her prostitution activities. Police believe April was being forced to engage in the same behavior. Police stated there is strong evidence that Jackie, by the summer of 1996, April and her mother Jackie were renting a room at a southwest Oklahoma City motel, named the Dover's Inn. The pair had rented the room together after Jackie and Dale Lacey had an argument, and also because it cost $19 a week. Jackie Lacey was reportedly using the room as a base for her prostitution activities. Police believe April was being forced to engage in the same behavior. Police state there is strong evidence that Jackie acted as a pimp for April, and her failure to do so would result in physical abuse from her parents. Investigators said during the time the mother-daughter pair were living at the motel, April was involved in a prostitution ring that apparently catered to truck drivers. Jackie denied any prostitution by April, but she did admit that the motel room she shared with April was used for her own prostitution activities. During this tumultuous time in her life, April would often run away from her mother and the motel. Just prior to her disappearance, April and her mother Jackie were arguing, in part due to April being upset about her parents' arguments. Quote, she just threatened to take off, and I left and came back, and she was gone, said her mother Jackie, adding that April left behind her purse and other belongings, so she figured April would return soon. The night before she vanished, April and her mother stayed up late, watching TV in bed together. The next morning, Jackie was standing in the parking lot when April came to the motel room doorway, dressed in jeans and with painted nails, the pair had walked to Walmart the day before to get. Quote, I need to talk to you, April stated. Jackie replied, quote, we can talk when I get back. Quote, no, April stated. Quote, I need to talk to you now. Her mother got in the car anyway. Quote, if you leave, you'll never see me again, April said, while she was giving her mom the bird as she drove away. According to Jackie, she returned 45 minutes later, at 11.30 a.m., but April was already gone. She left behind a new purse, her makeup, and a pack of cigarettes she shared with her mom. And that morning, of October 3, 1996, is the last time April was seen by her mother. Jackie Lacey filed a missing persons report 
with Oklahoma City Police later the same day. April's father, Dale Lacey, was often absent from April's life, which he now regrets. Quote, I spent nine years addicted to alcohol and cocaine at the same time, most of my daughter's life, he said. Quote, it took going to prison to get me straight. Dale Lacey also filed a missing persons report with the Oklahoma County Sheriff's Department three months after April's mother did. Dale also claimed he filed a report with DHS about April being missing and was told they would create a, quote, pickup order for his daughter. Quote, I have to take my share of the blame for what happened to April. It wasn't all her mother's fault. I'm the one who got Jackie started on cocaine, Dale explained. April Dawn Lacey was 14 years old when she disappeared from the Dover's Inn Motel in South Oklahoma City on October 3, 1996. Tragically, her remains would be discovered just five days later in a Texas field. April Dawn Lacey was only 14 years old when she disappeared from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma on October 3, 1996. The circumstances about what, where, and with who April left the motel with are simply unknown. However, Texas investigators believe that April may have already been dead on October 3, 1996. April had attempted to talk to her mother, Jackie, prior to her vanishing. She even threatened her mom would never see her again if she left. And sadly, that was the truth. Police accused Jackie Lacey of forcing her young daughter into prostitution. They also claim that she worked as April's pimp out of their motel room. The exact reason why April was attempting to talk to her mother is unknown, but Jackie claims it's due to her and April's father's arguments. Jackie also told police she left for only 45 minutes, and upon her return, April was gone. Jackie noticed her daughter had left behind her new purse, makeup, and cigarettes, items she believes April would not have left if she intended on leaving for a long period of time. Later on that same day, Jackie filed a missing persons report for her teenage daughter with Oklahoma City Police. There is no evidence of any contact from April Dawn Lacey after she was last seen by her mother. However, she obviously came into contact with her killer. Five days after April was reported missing in Oklahoma City, the body of a white female was discovered in North Texas. On the morning of October 8, 1996, a rancher a few miles outside Decatur, Texas, was checking on his cattle in his field. His ranch was also about 15 minutes away from I-35. The rancher noticed the presence of buzzards flying around. He assumed one of his cows must have died, so he followed the circling birds to a brush pile. That's where he made the gruesome discovery. The rancher had located the body of a young white female. She appeared to have just tripped right there, except that she was nude. The woman was laying face down, with one arm outstretched, as if she was swimming. This alerted the initial investigator that she had been dragged by her arm onto the brush pile. Captain David Walker of the Wise County, Texas Sheriff's Department 
was that investigator, and he was only 24 years old in 1996. He also noticed the woman's face was purple in color, indicating she had been strangled. There was no further evidence found nearby and nothing to indicate her identity. Captain Walker entered all of the information he had about the Jane Doe into missing persons databases. She was five feet four inches to five feet six inches tall, weighed between 110 and 130 pounds. Her brown hair was colored blonde. The medical examiner could tell the woman bit her nails. She also had small hands and feet, as well as an overbite. The determination of this victim's age was originally much older than April actually was. Another issue was that the body was in such a state of decomposition that she was just unrecognizable. At first, investigators estimated the victim to be older than 20. Eventually, a forensic dentist examined the victim's teeth and determined the actual age to be closer to about 14 years old when she was murdered. Quote, our problem was that the body was pretty well decomposed and our first forensic report aged her too much, Captain Walker explained. Quote, we were trying to match her to a 20-year-old or older and nothing would match. The victim's body was found by the rancher in northern Wise County, near the small town of Slidell. The location was close to the Oklahoma state line, so investigators did strongly believe the victim lived in either Dallas-Fort Worth or Oklahoma. Originally, the names of over 1,000 possible matches came up with the same description of the Jane Doe. The overwhelming number caused even the secretaries of Wise County to make calls to try and ID the woman. This was Deputy Walker's first case, in which his victim was nameless. Therefore, he gave her the nickname Brush Girl. Captain David Walker of the Wise County Sheriff's Department said the first few years of the investigation were spent chasing down more than 300 leads and, quote, some of the hits were close to what we were looking for. But after the correct identification of Jane Doe's age, Texas investigators updated the information in the NamUs system, which compiles information about missing persons and unidentified remains. Finally, two and a half years after the body was found, a lieutenant from an Oklahoma Sheriff's Department wondered if the remains were that of a teenage girl who disappeared from a cheap Oklahoma motel the same week in 1996. The officer had seen the sketch created by a forensic expert in the recreation of a person's face from their skull. Captain Walker listened, but after eliminating over 250 other possible victims, he was not very optimistic. The Jane Doe had no tattoos, no scars, and no broken bones, another reason why identification had proven to be so difficult. Most possible victims were eliminated due to a tattoo or a scar. Eventually, Captain Walker was sure that he, after searching through over a thousand names and hundreds of dead-end leads, had possibly identified the brush girl. At first, April's parents did not believe that the body was that of their daughter. That was until the DNA confirmed her identity to the, be that of April Don Lacey. Quote, now it's a matter of who did this, 
Walker said. He also said Texas authorities are now focusing on who's responsible for killing the girl. They traveled to Oklahoma and Canadian counties to chase down leads. Even though no suspects have been formally named, Walker stated, quote, I think we've got enough to go on. Walker did make a statement that cast a doubt on April's mother, Jackie, when he said, quote, the time element in the mother's story doesn't match up. The condition of the body indicates she had been on that pile a lot longer than five or even eight days. We think the mother knows more than she told us. Captain Walker also echoed the Oklahoma investigators' allegations surrounding Jackie, saying, quote, we also have good information that she was pimping the girl. Captain Walker, unfortunately, in the years since the murder of April Lacey, has seen too many cases, very similar to hers. Too many young Okies following a wrong and dangerous path. Walker explained, quote, As far as I can tell, April's case pretty much closely matches the criteria of all of these other Oklahoma cases. She came from Oklahoma, and she was into prostitution. She was completely nude, not even any socks or earrings. She was thrown away, obviously placed there after she was dead, and she was relatively near the interstate. The murder of April Lacey remains unsolved. So if you have any information regarding the October 3, 1996 disappearance in Oklahoma City, or the murder and dumping of April Lacey's body in Wise County, Texas, please call Wise County Sheriff's Department at 940-627-5971, and the number will be listed in the show notes. Thanks y'all so much for listening to this bonus two-part dual episode of Sooner State True Crime and the Malice Podcast. I just covered part one of April's story. For part two, check the show notes for links to the Malice Podcast with host Ariel to hear part two of April's story. It's now available in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most podcast apps. Also, be sure y'all subscribe so you'll hear Ariel and I's Afterthought episode, in which we'll discuss in detail our thoughts and all things about April's case. Please, if you or someone you know has any information regarding the October 3rd, 1996 disappearance from Oklahoma City of April Lacey, or her murder and body found in Texas on October 8th, 1996, please call the Wise County Sheriff's Department at 940-627-5971. Thanks y'all so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Email me at host at crimestatepod.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, OKCrimeState. And to hear the victimology, details of the evidence, and a profile of the unsub in part two, check out the Malice Podcast. And after I'm done yapping, go over to the Mouse Podcast with host Ariel to listen to that part too. And look out for our Afterthought episode, where we'll dish about this crime. Thanks, y'all. And as always, but especially during this uneasy time, stay sooner safe out there, y'all.